Hello everyone and welcome to the March Madness episode of Irrelevant Sports. Hello everyone, I am your host of Irrelevant Sports, Marissa Womack, and I am here with a very special guest, Nick Lawrenson, um, and we are kind of going to talk about his platform with Twitter and March Madness and kind of all things basketball for this episode, so I'm just going to let Nick take it away with a little intro. Yeah, how are you guys doing? I'm Nick Lawrenson. Go to South Carolina. I'm a junior. Um, yeah, I run Mid-Major Madness on Twitter. We're at like 38,000 followers now. I got it last January. It was about at 17,000, so it's really taken off in this last year. Um, yeah, I mean, in high school, I started running these like little Instagram pages. I had one for UMBC. They ended up beating Virginia. It was a really big deal for 16 over one upset. And I kind of just ran with it from there. I got an internship in their athletic department parlayed that into writing and then i've been writing since for that website since senior year of high school so i've just been working my way up now i'm i've been everywhere this last week covering college basketball i was in pittsburgh last saturday came back home to baltimore covered a game on tuesday went to maryland game wednesday was in chicago this weekend went to the reds or commanders game last night and now i'm back home in baltimore so I'm, i've been everywhere love covering college basketball wasn't expecting like it to blow up like this in the last year, but I'm very proud of myself and happy of uh, what I've done so far. Yeah, so kind of where did everything start with Mid-Major Madness? Like you said that you, did you take it over from someone else or did you like start it up yourself? Yeah, so I mean, they've been doing it for a long time. The guy that used to run it, Russ, he went over, he's an editor now on Kevin Durant's site, Boardroom. And there was like a three-month period at the beginning of last season. No one did it. So I reached out to the new guy. I'm like, hey, can I run the Twitter? He's like, yeah, okay. So I got, those first two months were insane. It was January and February. So it was smack dab in the middle of conference play. And like all the Mountain West teams did really good. So like Boise State and San Diego State and all those like semi-smaller Western schools. And they kind of took off with it as I did. And I mean, it's just, it's been on a roll since. But yeah, so I, I got to – it all goes back to that UMBC page in high school. I mean, I ran that freshman year of high school. It slowly took off, like, maybe, like, 500, 600 followers. I mean, it's a small school. Then when they won Virginia, really elevated up a level. And then I got that internship, and I got to work with the UMBC athletic department, which, when they beat Virginia, really blew up on Twitter. So it was a big deal to work with them. And, like, I just found all the little intricacies – Mm-hmm. and like how to attack people but like make it fun and i mean i've just been i've been doing that with this page so it's been fun it's been fun i it all goes back to umbc mm-hmm. yeah i like have to start figuring out how to like politely attack people i'm also just getting into the realm of twitter and trying to figure all of that out because i was never like a twitter person growing up like all my friends tried to yes. get me in it and I was like, mm, no. And then I was like working. And that's why I like started this podcast because a random guy at my job was like, I think you should start like a sports podcast. Like if you want to be a broadcaster. And then he was like, you also need to get Twitter. And I was like, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, I was Instagram all the way until like junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And then like, yeah, that hit me too. Was, you need Twitter if you want to do something and like sports media sports. because everyone's on there. That's that's better than LinkedIn. 
That's what I tell kids that yeah. want to do this. It's better than LinkedIn means you're going to make connections. You're, it's easy to talk to everyone. Mm -hmm. And it's like you can kind of like voice your opinions and then get immediate feedback, which yeah. is super nice. Even if it's like bad feedback, like you still get something back. Yeah, exactly. That's like every week I put out my poll and I have like Boise State fans attacking me. Like, I'll take that into consideration. <laughs> it works out. Yeah. Um, okay, so for those people who are listening to this and don't really understand what March Madness is, um, basically it's just NCAA Division One. There's a men's basketball tournament, which is 68 single elimination teams, and then the women's is 64. But if you want to elaborate a little bit on just the basics of March Madness... Yeah, I mean, it's it's my favorite month of the season. So it all starts with the conference tournaments before you got to play your way into the NCAA tournament. But like our women's basketball team in South Carolina, they're just automatically always the one seed because they're so good. But what I cover, I cover all the smaller schools. So you got to play your way through these tournaments and you got to make your way. And you have to win these tournaments to make the NCAA tournament. And it's just, it's Thursday, Friday, there's 32 games. And they play off against each other. Everyone's always cheering for the underdogs. So, like, I usually cover teams that are, like, 12 through 16 seats. And those would be upsets, like gambling upsets. Like, the lines would be plus eight and a half or higher. Mm -hmm. uh, they aren't supposed to win those. They're, like, small schools like Charleston or Winthrop going up against the big boys like Kentucky or, like, Wisconsin. And that's just, what the hell? That's just, that's just like, the... <laughs> big idea of it so it's just, it's it's pretty much the college football playoff expanded with a whole bunch of college basketball teams mm -hmm. yeah i ended up going to the like charleston classic for like a few of our games when we lost like every single one <laughs> and that Terrible. was that was so upsetting um mm -hmm. yeah but cfc they've been doing good which like honestly kind of surprises me given that like most of their basketball team is very social in the sense of like going out and like really? on the weekends they're always out like especially during the spring semester we would run into like all of them whenever i would go visit i mean it's charleston that's what i kind of expect out of a lot of them are like non-d1 guys who came in so i don't know if they really had that big city feel before so mm -hmm. it's kind of it's all new environment to them i mean that and that whole atmosphere they have going on there you saw those crowds were great yeah um, pat kelsey's done a great job as a coach there's there's a lot of excitement around there and when you're in a city like charleston i mean how can you like not take that uh, up yeah um okay so there are like typically 30 regular season games before all of march madness starts and it's like almost halfway through and the top 10 teams as of when I wrote this down, what it's Purdue, Virginia, Yukon, Alabama, Houston, Tennessee, Texas, Kansas, uh, Arizona, and Arkansas. So who, even in like the top 25 as a whole, would you say has had the most surprising season so far? I'd probably say Yukon. I mean, Yukon was supposed to be good. But they have this big man, Adama Sanogo, who's supposed to be really good down low. And he stretched his play out where he's shooting the three ball really well. He's, like, perfect for mid-range. And he just has them playing. Like, they, they're the number two team in the country. The pool came out about an hour before this recording. 
and they're probably going to go into Big East play unbeaten, which is really impressive. They're probably not going to go unbeaten through Big East play, but they're expected to be like a middle of the pack, top 25 team, and they've just really impressed. Purdue's another one who's number one. They were number one last week. They have Zach Eady down low. He's like seven foot two, seven foot three. You can't get anything past him. Just a big, tall, skinny dude. Uh, it's these big men have been really making an impact. Top two teams in the country have been a surprise. A lot of people thought it'd be like Arkansas, Alabama, Kentucky, mm-hmm. but it's it's these schools up north that are uh, making a statement here early. Yeah, who would you say has kind of not performed as well as you expected them to? I thought Wyoming was going to be like a top twenty-five team. I saw them in Chicago this weekend. I was, I planned it out like. October, I'm like, this is going to be such a big game. It's going to be Dayton, Wyoming. It's going to be a top 25 matchup, and they both got hit with the injury bug. They're both mm-hmm. pretty much stinking right now. Dayton's looking better. Dayton has two 20-point wins. They, they, Whoever would have lost that game, I would have probably said, would have been the most disappointing. But Dayton's looking better. Wyoming's really struggled, and that's more because Graham Ike, who's supposed to be one of the top players in the country, big man, got hurt. He's supposed to come back for conference play. It's starting in about 10 days yeah, but I thought Wyoming would be really good, and it sucks that they aren't. There's a lot of really good teams in that league, though. Yeah. With, like, the end of, like, March Madness with the top two teams, it's always surprised me when, like, the next season, like, when they're not top two, like, halfway through, yeah. I'm like, okay, how did you guys win? And then now like, you guys are like, eh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so looking forward to March, who do you see in the Final Four as of right now, and who do you see or, like, hope to win it all? Uh, I mean, I'd probably put Purdue and UConn in there. Uh, I feel like Kentucky has some unfinished business. This be his last year. You know, they lost in the first round to St. Peter's. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a real, like, hit to them. No one expected that to happen. I think that John Calipari is going to have them come out and play in March. They're going to make a run there with Oscar Shibwe. And throw in maybe like a Gonzaga or or a San Diego State. Gonzaga's playing much better basketball. They struggled early on in the season. They just had a big win this weekend against Alabama. I believe it was 190. It was a great game. And San Diego State, I mean, just that defense is elite. I've been saying for a while I think that they're going to sneak their way in there. They haven't had the best start of the season, but I feel like they're going to start hitting their stride in February, and it's going to be it's going to be a hard collision course for whoever runs in the San Diego State. Mm-hmm. Who would you say is like an underdog that you see like making it into the bracket? Um, maybe Charleston. I think Charleston could honestly make a run to the second weekend, just the way they've been playing and that style of offense they have. They've been a a top, I believe, two years ago or one year ago is top two in the country. And the interesting thing about them this year is they're kind of adapting to other teams. Like when they played Colorado State in the Charleston Classic, I saw that Colorado State kind of slowed them down, but they still were able to win pretty handily. Uh, some other teams, people out in a hole are sleeping on Chattanooga out of the SoCon. A lot of people want to talk about Furman. But they have this big man, Jake Stevens. He had 32 points, 20 rebounds, five blocks yesterday against Belmont. Just absolutely insane. Um, New Mexico has a really good backcourt. They're unbeaten right now. I have them as the top mid-major team in the country. They're getting a lot of votes in the AP poll. Uh, they got these two big men in the front court to kind of round it out. No one was really expecting all that much. Morris Udeze 
Josiah Alec, and they had a really good win last night. Their coach, Richard Pitino, used to be at Minnesota. His dad's Rick Pitino, one of the greatest coaches ever. He's at Iona now, and he beat his dad last night. That doesn't happen often. You have a son beating a father and something the father's a Hall of Famer in. So I, that really made a statement with me. I put those three teams up there, surprise uh, second weekend teams. Yeah. Yeah, I like every time March Madness comes around, I always do a bracket of, like, the underdogs. Yeah. And last year, my um, one of my close friends, her boyfriend, plays for Colorado State. Uh-huh. And when they lost, I literally texted him, and I was like, you owe me money. <laughs> yeah, they lost that first-round game. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, yeah. It but this it? year, uh, Trace Young. I actually know that. I know that name, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but he, um, they, I was like, I'm betting so much on y'all, like, just because, <laughs> mm-hmm. just because I'm supportive of you. But, like, the Charleston Classic, uh, I yeah. realized that maybe this year I shouldn't bet on them. Yeah, they, they, are, they aren't as good as last year. I think they're still good, but, like, yeah, they had a big win last night. They beat St. Mary's, who's a fringe top 25 team at their court. No one goes into Moraga and beats them, so... That was really good for Colorado State. Their coach is a great guy too. He's he coached yeah. at Furman for a really long time. Yeah, I know one of their like star players was out during the Charleston Classic. Yeah, which was kind of like an issue, but mm-hmm. they I know going into it were scared for South Carolina, and then they ended up like running through them. So yeah, I thought we would beat them. That was one of the worst basketball games I've ever watched. We looked so bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so. You know who Jared McCain is, right? No, but I did see him on that thing, and you mentioned Jimmy Soto. Yeah. I know who that is, and there's a guy on Indiana, Miller Cop. He does the same thing. I I love what he does. So he has someone else going in the media room with him, or it's whoever's going in the media room to talk to the media, and he'll give them, like, a word to say. It's just some random word, and they got to throw that into their During? Yeah. It's a great idea pineapple like random things like that yes so um do you think that like tiktok is something that is going to benefit them in the long run yeah i think that they could use it really strongly for like nil i mean it's a great way to put your personality out there i mean everyone uses tiktok not everyone makes video but everyone uses tiktok so they watch the videos and it makes you feel like you're closer to the team and closer to like the players so I love that idea. They could definitely be used more in an NIL realm. I feel like, honestly, if you want to connect with the younger audience, it's a better idea than putting a commercial out there or even like a billboard because they're going to watch that and they're going to laugh at that and they're going to be like, I like this kid. I think that he's funny and I'm going to start cheering for him. Yeah. I think the only like argument that people have is like when they go to play, especially when they're away, people will start to like chant and like get in their head but then it's also like that kind of like fuels them a little bit because I know with Trace, like people sometimes are like, oh, like TikTok boy, like at his games mm-hmm. and they always make comments. But he I know for him personally, like he stepped down a little bit with TikTok just because of those issues and like when people come up to him and like make comments like that. But I don't know. I see it personally being like helpful and beneficial for them i think on a team standpoint it would be better if they made it like a whole team like 
especially in press conferences and like things like that like just to make it fun and not like the same person every single time because then you are expecting the same person or like when you go to media days and things like that like before practice because i know with like savannah bananas like there's just more of an entertainment standpoint but they still get the fans super involved but i think that with it, you're always going to be in, like, the spotlight. I, whenever I go to a game as a fan, I'm always a huge heckler. Um, mm-hmm. Like, last year, when Scotty Pippen Jr. came into town, everyone was yelling about how his mom and future had a thing going on. When we're at the baseball <laughs> games, we're always calling out, like, the right fielder's girlfriend's name. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's just the way. I mean, it's a lot easier with TikTok, of course, because you're out there, like, doing these dances, just, like, embarrassing yeah. yourself. But isn't that the point of it? Isn't that the point of it? Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, so Gigi, as of yesterday, yesterday was his birthday. He just turned 18. So um, what are your opinions on, at the beginning of the season, he was predicted to be a one and done? Yeah, I think he still is. Uh, He's been getting much better. When I saw him at that Charleston Classic game, when we were playing, it was the second game. We lost the caller state in the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember who we were playing. We're and playing. Then we played uh, Davidson. Yeah, it was Davidson, and Davidson had some students there. They were getting in his head, uh, and he kind of just like he was at the line. Uh, he wasn't shooting, but he was at the line, and they were like chirping him, like "You're not a first round pick" or whatever. He just sat there. He took a deep breath. Then he went down. And he bricked a shot or whatever. But ever since then, I feel like. He's been getting much more composed. He's just – the team's really been struggling. He's been having to do everything for the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, he had all the hype coming in. He was the number one prospect, supposed to be next year, but he ended mm-hmm. up moving up. I think that he's still a top 20 pick. He probably won't be coming back. If he comes back, that would be great for the program. Just him coming into the program, honestly, is great for yeah. recruiting, saying that we can get Especially those guys. Especially with, like, a new coach. Yeah, exactly. It makes him look good. Um, yeah, but I think he's a one and none at this point. I wouldn't expect him to come back. If he did come back, that would be awesome. Yeah, I think I was talking with um, Derek Scott. He does all of like the voicing for the Gamecocks and everything like that. And he was like, the only downside that he could see him not coming back would be teams might not want him because he does play a little more immature than some other players. But it's also because he is still quite literally a child. Like yesterday, he turned 18. Like he came into college as a 17 year old and like having to jump into classes and like figuring out that realm, I think was a lot on him and a lot of stress compared to like how high school was and how his senior year would have been. But I think that that would be the only side that I could see of him not going would be if teams would think he's more immature. Yeah, and usually when they stick around college, it's, I feel like if he spends another year, his stocks can keep falling and falling. It's not mm-hmm. – it doesn't usually happen. They stick around and they move up in the draft boards. They like these young kids coming straight out of first year. Yeah. And a lot of the time they look more at the high school stuff. I mean, you could, like – there's Patrick Baldwin Jr. I believe he's still first round pick. He played like six games for Milwaukee, and Milwaukee is definitely a step down from like Duke. And he didn't do all that much, but he was still a first round pick because he was a number one kid in high school. So they're gonna mm-hmm. be looking into that. Yeah, 
Well, even like Anthony Edwards, like he went to Georgia. Yeah. They weren't the best, and now he's with the Timberwolves. Yeah, he is. Yeah. But I mean, I he's know, doing a great job. Yeah. Well, even like Sharif, like he's with the. I think he's with the G League for the Hawks. He is with the. G- yeah. I remember watching him play at uh, South Carolina. He like started like second half of the year and. It was just really awkward because it seemed like no one on the team wanted to be around him. Like everyone was distancing themselves from him. So, yeah, that's the he, he um is actually from a town around me. So mm-hmm. we played them, and we lost to them in the playoffs. But that was the biggest crowd I think I've ever seen, like in our high school history, and that was before COVID. And um, he like had his headphones on did not talk to his teammates the entire pregame and everyone was like it was just like why would you want to be on a team if like you're care like you're carrying your team but Mm -hmm. he didn't even do good that game like he's not the reason that they won doesn't make any sense yeah i know it's just like at least Gigi. he's like even though he is young He's very into the team aspect of it and the family aspect of it, which I think is beneficial because he's not, like, an asshole going into every game and, like, being rude to who he's working with. It seems like everyone likes him, too, which is, yeah. Yeah. That's a really big deal. Yeah. Um, That is all that... I have question wise if you have anything else. Yeah, I mean that's really yeah. I, feel free to follow me over on Twitter, uh, my personal and Lawrence and Sports or over at Mid Under Dash Madness. And yeah, go Cox. Got a big game. What we're eleven days away from the bowl game. I know. Uh how, yeah, let's let's win that. Let's beat Notre Dame. How do you feel about that? About the I, bowl game. I mean Notre Dame, like everyone has they they have their quarterback out, their tight ends out. I mean, a lot of people are transferring because Satterfield's gone, but I still think that we'll be fine. I think we're underdogs when I can't yeah. for whatever reason, but I think that we'll yeah. win it. It'd be huge to go into next year with another win. What would that be? Mm-hmm. Nine wins. Nine. So it's a, yeah. even a we're already an improvement from last year. We just small baby steps up to unbeaten season, national title, playoffs. Uh, <laughs> That'll be perfect for my senior year next year. That'll be perfect. Yeah. That is all for the March Madness episode with Nick Lawrenson. Hopefully next week we'll start the Living D Life with some D1 athletes.